I appreciate Eric very much. Uh, he, he's been here twice. He was here years and years ago. But I appreciate <laughs> both he and his better half. And he's going to come and share the message this morning. Eric, you want to come? We love you, brother. Pray for your help. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Sorry for the dramatic exit last Sunday. <laughs> But um, is this okay where the mic is, Mr. David? You like to have All right, I'll just leave it right there. Well, this message is a very practical message. I think it will be. Um, and so I just want to, the Lord put this message on my heart uh, a few weeks ago. And, um, and so I just, I don't know, I just, I want to share it with you. Um, imagine that your that your heart is a greenhouse, and that that greenhouse has a door through which you bring in seeds to sow inside your greenhouse. Well, Sandy and I took um, our son Tim and his wife Betsy to Biltmore. Thanks again, uh, Dory. <laughs> uh, after touring the house, uh, we went outdoors to the many gardens, and including the conservatory, that extra large greenhouse. And inside that, the greenhouse, even in the month of February when we were there, thousands of beautiful and exotic flowers were in bloom. It seemed like every species of flower in the whole world was, was there. One thing we did not see, however, were weeds. Didn't see any weeds. Why? Well, because the gardeners who work inside that greenhouse are meticulously careful to bring in seeds of flowers and, and uh, bush shrubs and trees, but never, never weeds. Um, if weeds were ever to gain a, a foothold in that conservatory, the effects would be uh, utterly devastating. Again, our hearts are like a greenhouse and our minds are like the door to the greenhouse. The door of our minds offers a, a welcoming um, a welcoming entry, entry into the conservatory of our hearts. But at the door of our hearts, there is a guard. It's a sanctified mind, keeping out anything that could have a negative impact on the beauty within. Now, uh, it's hard for me to it's hard for me to see with with my glasses. Can I turn it out for a? Music. Oh, yeah, it's just hard for me to see with my with my glasses. Not that I'm going to be able to preach any better, <laughs> but it just makes it easier for me. Apologize for that. I should have thought about that in the first place. Well, anyway, while I'm at it, I might as well take a sip of water. All right, so um, 
that door is that door is uh, leads to our spiritual hearts, and uh, in order to keep our hearts pure, as God wants them to be, we must be diligent to guard our hearts by means of the doorway that leads to our heart. Um, again, why? Because if the weeds of sin were ever to gain a foothold inside the garden of our hearts, the effects would be absolutely devastating. And I say that because I know of, of many Christians who have allowed the weeds of sin to dominate their lives and they're no longer walking with the Lord. God help us to not for that to not ever happen to us. There's a song by Steve Green that I could listen to over and over again, and it's called Guard Your Heart. This was the inspiration for the message that I prepared. How many of you know this song? You do, good, all right. Well, in 1995, Sandy and I uh, were privileged to see him in concert at the uh, seminary in Canada where I was working on my master's. Steve Green was walking up and down with a wireless mic, walking up and down the aisles as he was singing. At one point, he was standing so close to us that I could look up from where we were sitting and see the passion on his face as he was singing. Now, what strikes me most about Steve Green's uh, long musical career, he's now 66, is that as a son of missionaries in Argentina, even at a very young age, he has shared that he had a passion for the lost. And one of the best known songs of his is called People Need the Lord. I love that song as well. Also, because he speaks Spanish fluently, having lived in Argentina, Steve Green has made several Spanish albums in addition to the many English albums some of which are geared toward children. Now, the song Guard Your Heart is sort of one of those songs which starts out with a, a trio of children singing the little chorus. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Remember this? Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. And then from there, he, he uh, continues the song, um, this time gearing it really toward adults. And you'll see what I mean as I read the lyrics of, of his song. This is what he says. What appears to be a harmless glance can turn to romance and homes are divided. Feelings that should never have been Awaken within, tearing the heart in two. Listen, I beg you, guard your heart, guard your heart. Don't trade it for treasure, don't give it away. Guard your heart, guard your heart. As a payment for pleasure, it's a high price to pay. For a soul that remains sincere, with conscience clear, Guard your heart. The human heart is easily swayed and often betrayed at the hand of emotion. 
You dare not leave the outcome to chance. You must choose in advance or live with the agony, such needless tragedy. Guard your heart, guard your heart. Don't trade it for treasure, don't give it away. Guard your heart as a payment for pleasure. It's a high price to pay for this soul, for a soul that remains sincere, with conscience clear. Guard your heart. And that's good advice for us. Yes, it is. For a soul that remains sincere, with conscience clear, there's nothing better we can have than a clear conscience. For a soul that remains sincere, with conscience clear, continue to guard your heart. I'm also struck uh, by these words uh, I just read. Guard your heart, don't trade it for treasure, don't give it away. Guard your heart as payment for pleasure. It's a high price to pay. Oh my. What these words say to me is this. Eric, don't trade your heart for something that you might treasure, even briefly, something that you might treasure more than the Lord Jesus. Amen. Don't give away your love for him as a payment for pleasure. And the Bible says there is pleasure in sin for a season. As payment for pleasure, to give away your heart for Jesus, it is just too high a price to pay. Amen? Amen. Well, the main text for today's message is Proverbs 4, 23 to 27. You may want to turn there. Uh, let's see what it says. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Above all else, guard your heart. <laughs> We've got a theme going. For everything you do flows from it. Now let me pause for just a moment to remind us of this. The Holy Spirit is ready to help you filter out those thoughts that try to enter your mind, helping you to guard your heart. The Holy Spirit does that. But notice that the scripture does not say, don't worry about guarding your heart. God's going to take care of that for you. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say that. Not, not at all. Like a security guard, we must stand guard at the door at the door of our hearts diligently checking to see what thoughts are trying to sneak in now then let's get back to the text above all else guard your heart for everything you do flows from it keep your mouth free of perversity keep corrupt talk far from your lips let your eyes Look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. <laughs> Keep your foot from evil. Well, verses 24 through 27 say that everything you do, which involves your mouth, your eyes, your feet, Everything that you do, they all flow from 
your heart, whether it's good or bad. It all comes from your heart. So then it should be obvious why we should be so careful in guarding our hearts. Because, because Satan is the one who is constantly trying to sneak bad seeds, temptation, sin, through the door of our minds and into the greenhouse of our hearts. Every time Satan is successful in doing that, the more bad seeds will take root in our hearts, in the greenhouse. Eventually, weeds, seeds will dominate our greenhouse, our hearts, and take full control of our lives. Again, let me remind you of one of the verses of Steve Green's song. You dare not leave the outcome to chance. No. You must choose in advance or live with the agony. Such needless tragedy. Again, we must choose in advance or else live with the agony, such needless tragedy. We must choose what in advance? Well, we must choose in advance of Satan's sneak attacks to stand guard at the door of our minds. We must understand that Satan is going to do everything he can to slip one by on us. Otherwise, we'll live in agony over the sin that we let Satan slip into our hearts. What needless tragedy that would be resulting in our defeated Christian lives. Tragedy. But how does Satan know which bad seeds to uh, slip past our minds and into our hearts? Well, I'll tell you how he knows. Satan knows what he knows by what he sees. Uh, he sends his evil spirits, his demons, to spy on us, to see where we have most often failed temptation, to resist temptation in the past. He knows where we are weakest. He knows where we have the worst track record. He knows which bad seeds or temptations are mostly, most likely to go unnoticed by us. And this motivates him to keep knocking on the door of our minds until we finally let those bad seeds in. Listen to how Hebrews 12, 1 expresses this reality. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. Hebrews 12, 1 says this. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. This verse is saying that uh, the sin that so easily trips us up, and again, Satan knows which sin that is, which particular sin it is, that, that weight that slows us down in our spiritual race, in our Christian lives. Now listen to this real-life situation. This really happens. At Satan's direction, evil spirits are watching us stand guard at the door of our hearts, and they look for an opportunity to hurl those flaming arrows 
at us through the open door of our minds. Their objective is to get them in, unnoticed by us, doing the greatest collateral damage to our hearts. And folks, this is spiritual warfare. This is the epitome of spiritual warfare. However, concerning <laughs> spiritual warfare, Ephesians 6.16 has something good to say to us. Here is what it is. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Faith is indispensable uh, in the battle for the mind. This verse tells us that faith extinguishes those flaming thought arrows, I call them, of the evil one. Faith is critically important because Satan wants to uh, give us third, first degree burns in our hearts. And these burning missiles shot at lightning speeds they can get by our minds and into our hearts so fast they're these flaming uh thought uh, these missiles are headed straight for our minds and into our hearts now what are some flaming arrows well envy pride hatred jealousy impurity bitterness, discouragement, many more. Our only defense against them is by faith to slam shut the door of our hearts and to quote scripture as Jesus did, to quote scripture uh, to the enemy of our souls and to resist him, to resist Satan with the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, well now it's time to look briefly at the answers to the four questions you have in the bulletin that I'll be asking you in this message. So, number one is why. Why is it so important to guard your heart? Well, in the Old Testament, the word heart is used more than 800 times, but more than 200 times. Uh, the word heart deals with the thought life, the emotions, those things that motivate us and, and mold us. Why then is the thought life so important? Well, look again at Solomon's advice to his uh, son in Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So the thought life controls the rest of our life. In other words, if you tell us what you often think about, we can tell you who you are and how you live. Because to a great extent, you are what you think. Your thought life defines you and it controls you. Reading from uh, the New King James Version, Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Therefore, it's critically important to control your thought life because that directly impacts our behavior, our actions. All right, now then, the next logical question is number two. 
How? How do our thoughts control our actions? Any good Christian counselor will tell you, as well-known saying goes, sow a thought, reap a deed. Sow a deed, reap a habit. Reap a habit, sow a character, and sow a character, reap a destiny. Before you can do something, you have to think about it. It all begins with a thought life. Your, th your heart will be the product of what you think about. So do any of these following questions that I'm about to ask, do they give you pause for the condition of your heart? What lies do I believe about myself? And how are they affecting my relationship with Christ? What sinful habits in my life weigh me down, keeping me from enjoying sweet fellowship with my Lord? What good behaviors do I know to be right, and yet I avoid them or ignore them? These are how our thoughts control our actions, our lives. Now, the third question is this. Number three, what must we do to guard our hearts? What must we do to guard our hearts? Well, Romans 12, 2 gives a strong hint by saying, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When God gets ready to transform someone's life, how does he do it? He does it by changing, helping us to change the way we think. God is working in our lives to, to change our thought process. And we agree with God's change in our minds, that we need it and that, and that what he's doing in our minds, we agree with that. And isn't that the essence of re what repentance is? It's a change in how we think, resulting in a change in how we do what we do. Amen. That's repentance. In essence, this is what Solomon was saying. He said, My son, in essence, I'm just kind of trying to uh, paraphrase him. My son, guard, protect, and be careful about your thought life. Keep your heart with all diligence for whatever is in your heart. That's how you will live. Folks, the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to present our bodies to him, including our minds, so that he can transform us from, from within. And so it's no wonder that the devil battles so hard for our minds. How important it is then that we learn to guard our hearts because a fierce battle is raging for control of our minds. When God is distant from our hearts, we think wrong, we, we live wrong, we do wrong. But when God is right there, in our hearts, we think right, we live right, and we do right. 
All right, now the final question is this. Number four, how? How does God intend for us to live? Well, the book of Proverbs takes practical matters, interweaves them with spiritual matters, and makes our lives a, a beautiful tapestry that God wants our lives to be. When a person knows God and is right with God, they find that they live a, a perfectly natural, intensely practical and deeply spiritual life, all at the same time. And that's what God intends. Do you throw open the door of your heart uh, and intentionally let bad thoughts enter in? Of course you don't. Listen to what Paul gave in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, as a vitally important alternate strategy to that. He said, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Let's say, for example, guys, I'll pick on guys, since I'm a guy. Let's say, for instance, that you go to Walmart at midnight and you see this pretty girl. Are there any pretty girls at Walmart at midnight? <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't even, I don't even open at midnight anymore. They used to be. But anyway, all right, whatever. You see a pretty girl at Walmart, and you notice how perfectly lovely she looks. And you think to yourself, oh, I wouldn't mind taking her away from all this. <laughs> Whoops. You just let a bad seed, a temptation, pass through the door of your mind. What does 2 Corinthians 10, 5 say we should have done instead? We should have captured that thought of how pretty she looks. And how we'd love to take away from all of this. We should have captured that thought before it entered our minds until that thought until that thought of ours submits itself to Christ in obedience to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. So then how does God want intend for us to live? He intends for us to throw into prison, to take captive every evil thought so that we are then free to think pure thoughts in obedience to Jesus Christ. Well, in closing, let me tell you something wonderful about what God does. He created our minds in such a way that you can't think two thoughts at exactly the same time. I tried, it didn't work. <laughs> so then how do you keep from thinking what's bad? By thinking what's good, exactly. Stop thinking bad thoughts, <clears throat> start thinking good thoughts. It's very simple. 
So what we need to remember is that God's word is filled with nothing but good thoughts. God's word. So then load up on God's word. Get it into our hearts. As we read from Psalm 119, 9 through 11. Larry, you remember this verse, this memory verse? <laughs> you should. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Store up God's word in your mind and in your heart. Listen, when you've done that, no guarantees, but when you have stored up God's word in your mind and in your heart, you are far less likely, far less likely to sin against God. How then are we going to think pure thoughts? By thinking true thoughts. By thinking about the mighty power of God's word. The, the word of God has power to cleanse our minds and our hearts through the thought line. And in so doing, God is going to change. God is going to change our hearts. Folks, if you really want to know what's uh, in your heart, then listen to what escapes out through your mouth. Amen. <laughs> this is what Jesus said in 12, uh, Matthew 12, 34. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Or as Larry Walker might say, <laughs> what's down in the well comes up in the bucket, right? <laughs> so that when your mind is clear and it's right with God, when you think thoughts that bring honor to Christ, when you are being transformed by the power, the mighty power of God's word, when the spirit of, of God is working to cleanse your mind and cleanse your heart, then you will be, you, you will be living as God intends. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the promise of a cleansed heart and a pure life. When we do everything that you've told us to do in your word, we know we can't do it in our own strength. We need, Lord, your Holy Spirit power for that to happen. We need the word of God, Lord, to keep us on the straight and narrow. We need your Holy Spirit to convict us when we have gone astray, to guide us along the right paths that you would have us to walk and to help us guard our hearts from the wicked 
thoughts of the evil one. There's no doubt in our minds that the Lord Jesus, our Savior, is cheering us on. Oh my. Cheering us on when we resist temptation. And he does that having gone down a similar road himself, resisting temptation and setting an example for us. And Lord, we know that you want so much for us to live a life that is free of evil thoughts, free from the power of sin, free from living uh, dishonorably to you. Lord Jesus, we want victory. We want victory in our lives. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from the evil one and make us strong in your power to resist him. And again, Lord, help us. Help us when temptation comes our way. Lord, to guard our hearts, to diligently stand guard at the door of our minds, knowing that that door leads to our hearts and to our lives. Knowing that, help us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Eric, thank you for that reminder. You did say in there that we would not intentionally let bad thoughts into our minds. But sometimes we do that when we decide to watch movies or TV or things like that yep. that corrupt our thoughts. And I'm yep. guilty of that. And I just confess that, that that's something that we need to be careful. Thank you for that message. I appreciate it.